Prophecies have foretold, and wisdom keepers all know, that the rise of the feminine will restore balance to our world. In this podcast, we are on a journey to understand the root of the imbalance that has caused disconnection and dysfunction within our humanity, so we can emerge as leaders, creating a new story on Earth. I'm Lauren Walsh. And I'm Shayna Connors. With humble hearts and open minds, we will converse with spiritual teachers, historians, psychologists, revolutionaries, leaders, and healers to navigate these evolving times and reintegrate the feminine history that we have forgotten. Welcome to the Time of the Feminine podcast. Hey, hey, beautiful. Have you heard of Moon School? It's our 29-day lunar makeover. Moon School is a self-led daily practice that helps us get into the rhythm of reconnecting with ourselves and reestablishing a daily practice or shaking up our daily practice. And the fact that it is so easy and also truly profound is what makes it so cool. It's a 15-minute meditation with a journaling prompt every day. Each meditation is different. It's a meditation that isn't just about stilling your mind and breathing. While it has that in it, it also takes you on a journey to help you align with the face of the moon. So as the moon grows from new to full and back to new again, we guide you on a transformational journey of reconnecting with essential parts of your nature to awaken, to clarify, to renew you. It helps you connect with your feminine rhythms, living in alignment with the moon. So with that said, enrollment is open right now. We begin on June 17th. All right. Thank you for listening and back to the show. Welcome to the Time of the Feminine podcast. Today, we have a very special reunion with a good friend of mine, Angelique Watson known as Shiva in the Iwanawa tradition. And she is a sister of mine, as well as a person that I walk with on a spiritual path. And so Lauren and I today are going to have a conversation with her about the spirit of the forest, about this medicine that exists within the people of the Iwanawa tradition, and how to walk as people from a different land of a different place with indigenous traditions that come from the forest. And so it's very good to have you here today, Shiva. Welcome to the Time of the Feminine podcast. And I'm going to jump in real quick as someone who is also super excited to have you here on the podcast. Before you were Chiva, I knew you as Angelique Watson. We met 13 years ago? More or less, yes. 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. We lived together. And we went on a journey to the Amazon rainforest together. And a lot happened to us both there. I took one direction. I came and I created Global Sisterhood, later met Shana. And you felt a spiritual calling to continue your studies with the Yawanawa, which has led you here and you're back in the United States and you're a bridge now sharing your impact, the impact that you have received from studying and living really closely with them 
and bringing it to the world, helping educate and teach with their blessing. And you're also a humble student learning and growing on your path. And now you and Shana are working together and it's this big, happy family. And here we are all together. And so a big welcome from both of us to people who really love you and admire you and respect you. Welcome to the Time of the Feminine podcast. Thank you so incredibly much. It's such an honor to be here with you, Lauren, to be here with you, Shana, Nye. Thank y'all for opening up your home to me and your hearts. And I have no words to express my gratitude for the opportunity for me to be able to share a little bit of what I've learned over the years. So let's start at the beginning (laughs) since I was there. Let's talk about, I think it's kind of interesting to just kind of talk about the time before we went to the Amazon, before you had a huge experience that we can go into, but what, like, do you remember living together? I do. What do you remember? I remember it was very beautiful (laughs) and really intense. Yes. Tell me why it was intense. We were young and we were growing on our spiritual path. I was very new and you were beginning to open up something deep inside. And I remember that you felt safe with me for whatever reason. And so you revealed yourself and I felt honored and you had the capacity to help in some way, even though I was very much learning and it overwhelmed me at times. (laughs) And it also taught me a lot and I received a lot at the same time. And you also guided me. I wouldn't be where I am today in this exact way if it wasn't for that precious moment that was aligned at that moment. Yeah. So for some context, everybody, Angelique and I met in the context of really diving into a spiritual lineage that comes from the Amazon rainforest that blew us open, transformed us, humbled us, and was very revealing. We were like 22, something like something that. like that. So babies that basically just committed our lives to walking a spiritual life. So literally while people in their 20s are going off and drinking and dating and exploring. We're like sitting at our altars praying and crying and shaking and studying our dreams and learning to connect with a greater mystery that was calling us both. And that I know that many of you have been called by in many different forms, this mysterious force of the creator that lives in all. And we were really devout students of it. And being in our 20s, having like our volatile experiences of being in our 20s. And I was going to the Amazon and Angelique was like, you know, I'm going to. And we went on this epic journey. We went to one place. We stayed there for a while. We learned a lot. And then we had an opportunity with our friend Jordan, who's now a very good friend of Angelique's. And actually Angelique has lived with him for many years and his wife, Kenuma. But I would love to pass it on to you to share a little bit about the journey to the first time to the village. And I remember at this time, I felt this intuition to go to Brazil for six months. I had no idea why. And at that time in my life, I really followed my heart. And so I went kind of blindly. But through that, I was invited. We were invited to go to the Iwanawa, this indigenous tribe. And we began our journey at another place in the Amazon. And we began our journey and we spent some time in the Amazon. We deepened. It was amazing and beautiful. And then I remember whenever I was on the boat with Lauren and our group of friends from Brazil, from the United States, and we were going to the tribe, 
we were on a small boat with trees on both sides. So beautiful. And I had a memory that I had seen this in high school. I had seen myself in another country on a small boat with trees on both sides. And I realized that that's what I had seen since I was 15, 14 years old. And I had goosebumps and I realized that I was riding into my destiny in some way, shape or form. And it brought a lot of joy. Whenever we arrived there, I felt the sense of home, the sense that there was always something that was missing or something that was lacking. And when I arrived there, I felt this part of me was completed in some way or felt like I could truly relax and truly trust. And from there, I, I opened to to receive and I I met the and saw the indigenous peoples and heard their music and, and felt their welcoming presence. And we began on a really, really beautiful journey. So going into the forest on the boat and having this realization that kind of like a deja vu, like, oh, I, I'm about to experience something that I had felt a call when I was really younger. Can you tell me a little bit about who you were on that boat? Like, who were you when you were living with me? Who were you when you went into the forest before you had this life-changing experience, which we're going to get to in a moment? Like, what were you working with as a young woman in the world? What were some of the issues that were really alive for you? I was scared. I was timid. I had a lot to heal. And yet, at the same time, I was also very innocent and naive, but also very pure. And I went there looking for home, I believe, in some way already, because I never really felt at home in the United States. I never really felt at home when I was with my family. I was searching for something to help me feel safe or to recognize a part of myself that I knew was there that I'd never known. So I went very vulnerably and at the same time, very innocently open and, and unsure of what was to happen and with a lot to heal, a lot of trauma that I didn't even know I had because I was so unconscious of everything. And that was basically how I went and arrived. Mm -hmm. And what happened there? When I arrived in the village, I felt amazing and good and still unsure of myself. And so though I wanted to fit in with everyone and make do the right thing. And so I, as at the same time, I was having a lot of beautiful experiences. I still felt off within myself and knew that there was something deeper to, to go into. And then there came a night. So it was like a, a two sides of the story, right? Or of myself. There was one that felt excited and something new was opening up inside and, and I found home. And another side, I felt horrible and not worthy and gross inside. And, and there's something that needed to shift. And so then one night we had a fire near the edge of this beautiful cliff. We had, all of us were sitting around talking. I believe they were playing music if I remember correctly. And I was walking to go sit near the fire one time and I stumbled into the bench and my friend. And I was very clumsy at that time in my life, not fully in my body. I always needed people to help me. I definitely needed help, right? And so everyone around did that. <laughs> and so the second time I went to walk to the fire and sit down and receive, I made sure to step around the bench because I didn't want to be clumsy. I didn't want to fall. I wanted to do the right thing. 
And when I stepped around the bench, I stepped into nothing. And I woke up. I believe I passed out a little bit. I woke up and I was rolling down this big cliff. And this cliff is like, what, 50, 60? I believe it was about 80 feet. 80 foot cliff. She stepped off into nothingness. And I was there. I saw this happen. Keep going. Yeah. And if I'd have fallen a little bit to the left, I'd have went straight down. Luckily, the angle that I fell, there was an angle in the cliff. And so I fell a little bit in the air, but then I hit the rock and I started rolling. When I woke up, I thought that I could stop because it wasn't so fast, but yet the momentum was so strong. And so I realized that I there was nothing that I could do about it. And I prayed to my angels. I'm really connected with the angels and I asked them to protect me. I asked them to please not let me break my teeth because we were so far away from civilization. I wasn't even thinking about my body at the moment. And then I had a thought, I wonder if I'm going to row all the way to the water. Oh my God, that's going to be really far. (laughs) And then I arrived at the bottom and I screamed at everybody to the top. And I said, guys, I'm okay. And Okay. The unconscious woman doesn't remember everything. So (laughs) as she's rolling down the cliff from on top, all of a sudden you hear somebody go, oh my God, Angelique, Angelique, Angelique. And you can, we hear nothing for like a good solid minute. And then we hear, yeah. And they're like, oh my God, are you okay? And she goes, I'm okay. <laughs> I, I don't remember everything. Thank, thank you for that. <laughs> it's really nice to hear the perspective of people who are above and what experiencing it. And so when they told me to stay where I was, I felt like everyone was being really intense. And so I sat down and I pouted and I was like, golly, they're being so mean right now. And then I saw in the moonlight, three indigenous men running down to come and save me. And through that, I saw the immensity, the height of how tall this cliff was and how blessed I was to be alive, to be basically fine. And that's when I got really quiet. And I was humbled. And that's when my deepening began. Mm-hmm. And so then what happened? So I remember they came down and they got you and they brought you back up. And everybody was all freaking out, putting flashlights in your All the Westerners, all the Westerners are freaking out. I remember one of them was putting like a flashlight in your eye, checking your pupils, being like, oh my God, she has a concussion. But you were really calm. You were really calm. and the indigenous people surrounded you and you started to receive healings. Can you talk about what those were, how that process was and how it has, like how it opened up the path that you now walk with them? It might sound really crazy. And yet when I fell, it alleviated something so deep inside of myself. Like I felt like I finally touched what I came there for, if that makes sense. And some of my friends came to meet me with the indigenous men. And one of them was really scared. They were all scared, but one was telling me that my eyes were dilated and something really calm came over me. I realized nothing was broken. My body felt fine. And I told him that it's not a moment to talk about this right now. We need to be calm. And I started playing jokes and to make everybody laugh. And then they brought me to two Pages, shamans, healers. They did work on me. As they were doing it, I started feeling dizzy and I had to lay down and I felt this warmth in my heart. I felt so safe. I felt like the spirits, these guides, this energy of the forest 
loved me and was here to protect me. And so after they, they gave the healing and I calmed down, I went lay in my, my, my hammock. And later on, the chief, the female chief of the village came back to me, held my hand and told me the spirit of the fall had left and that I was going to be okay. And so what I began to realize is that when I fell off the cliff, I fell into the very depths of myself and I fell into my mission. From that moment forward, I knew that I was home in one sense. And because I walked away from it, basically, that I had a lot left to do on this planet. And it is deeply in, entangled and engrossed within this culture. And it's become the preservation of this culture, this sacred knowledge, to bring this as a bridge to the modern world, to help bring this healing force and to help carry on their legacy. You know, in the conversations that you and I have been having recently, there's been this understanding that finally you have gotten back to the top of the cliff, like from 10 years prior, that this journey that you've now walked and the explorations you've now done and the studies that you've partaken in, you've now gotten yourself back to the top of the cliff. So how has that fire been burning inside of you? Like what has been, you know, this desire to learn and to help? Like what has that journey been like for you over the past 10 years? And what is stoking that fire within? So basically, it's been a huge journey of self-healing, self-discovery, and liberation. I found that whenever I came back to the United States and I began working on, on projects to support the Iwanawa and the indigenous peoples and to bring groups there, is when I felt the most calm. I would listen to their music as I wrote emails and connected with people and it would bring this ancient vibration back into my being and bring a purpose in life. Through this, I, I have discovered and learned each time more how the indigenous peoples, they live in direct connection with nature. And in our modern world, we live in a world of technology and a lot of mental thoughts and planning and organization. And whenever we can come to, to truly calm our minds and our hearts and our beings and soak in this ancient indigenous rooted knowledge that as can be traced back for thousands to the beginning of time, whenever we allow this to soak and seep into our being, then we can realize the truth of who we are and what we are supposed to be doing or what's most aligned for us to do within the world. And so it helps us, it helps me and all those that I'm around. It helps us within our relationships with our family and how to connect with the the chaos that happens in a way with something higher, with Shani, with this, that's what the indigenous call God or this power that encompasses all. And whenever we live in direct connection with Shani is when we can and open our hearts to this love is when you know that we can trust. Whenever you know that you can trust, then there's a calm that arrives, this peaceful presence. And then from here, our steps were revealed to us and we are connected with the mission that we were born to fulfill. Because I believe that each one of us is here to live a mission, to do something. And that mission is innately here to help the world in some way. And yet with the intensity of the world, it's very easy to be disconnected, to, to get off track. And then that's when unhealthy patterns or not positive situations can come in, into our lives and seep in. And so this indigenous wisdom, the, this simple truth 
is what aligns us to, to truly live a strong, connected, aligned life. And your mission, how has it been correlated to your own self-healing? How is your journey up the cliff, so to speak, while living with, studying with, and supporting in reciprocity the Iwanawa mm-hmm. peoples? How has that been helping you transform and heal the trauma that you went into the tribe with? Mm-hmm. I, my childhood, it started in my childhood. A lot of the traumas that I'm currently working on and unraveling at the moment. And so through my work with the indigenous and with the Iwanawa, I, I often feel unworthy or I feel like I've worked a lot with my voice. I don't have a voice to sing or to, I don't know how to speak what I really feel. And I don't know how to get that across. And I find that the more that I work on that and open that up through, through my studies, through the studies, as you study, you let go of the thoughts and of the whys and what comes in. And instead you connect in with the source and with the force, this great divine force. And from doing that with, without focusing on what I need to heal and rather focusing on preserving this knowledge and sharing it with others and learning how to voice it for other people and so they can understand it, my voice begins to open. My, I Then I understand why I am the way I am. And as I focus on myself and my own healing, then that naturally happens within my own family and within all those that I'm connected to. And through this mission, I found a great love for the mission of the Iwanawa, it's the preservation of their sacred plants. They have healing plants that heal a wide array, array of diseases, and it's in danger of becoming extinct in this lifetime. As I heard the story of and learned the story of the indigenous peoples and how much suffering they went through and how they almost lost their culture, I realized that that is so much bigger than my, not that my processes are not important or whatnot, but like I can overcome this because I can overcome it for myself, but also for these people so that we don't lose something so precious. And that's been my dedication. My commitment is the continuation of their sacred plant medicine knowledge, of their music, of their healing practices, and also of their way of life. I've had the beautiful opportunity of living with them for the past three years. And and in doing that, getting to see how they relate with each other on a, a one-on-one basis and how that, that this innate love that they have and this, this way of being, it's really, really touched in me in, in places that I hadn't necessarily received because those around me didn't know how to give it to me. So can we talk now about the mission, the spirit of the forest and, you know, why this mission is here? You know, the Yawanawa word for spirit of the forest is Niushin. And so the continuation of this mission is now opening more and more in the United States. So can you share about this mission and why it's so important? Yes. So our mission, Niushin means spirit of the forest. And our mission is to help bring the spirit of the forest into the hearts of humanity. And we do that, whether that's through a handmade jewelry item or hand-painted clothing or an online study or an in-person experience, a retreat, or a diet. And we're doing this mission to help bring this spirit of the forest to the modern world in order to to help awaken the spirit within the hearts and show people that there's a deeper way of life. It's really beautiful whenever we do our online studies. Our online studies 
is a moment where we hear the this ancestral knowledge within a theme and people can bring this into their daily lives. And through this, they are able to use this knowledge and unravel the what's, what's going on for them. And so that is our mission with it. So I can imagine for people listening that a couple things have stood out in this conversation that I'd love you to elaborate on. And one is that their ancestral knowledge is in danger of becoming extinct. Can you share some of the cultural history that has happened with the missionaries and the resurgence that's been happening through companies or organizations like Neusheen and other people help, helping support the Iwanawa be integrated into Western society? And I know they're actually doing that themselves. It's a very much a self-led initiative that they're doing. And I want to hear a little bit of the background. And then also after that, I want to hear a little bit about the studies that are happening. And what do you mean by studies for people who are listening, who are like, Ooh, I want to do that. Like specifically, what are you studying? Mm -hmm. So many years ago, there were, were rubber tappers and missionaries that, that came to the indigenous peoples. And before that, they lived their lives without having contact from the outside world. And missionaries came and they were teaching them that their way of living was wrong and that they needed to learn Portuguese instead of their native tongue, and they made them wear clothes and and started really really messing with them, and um and a at a deep level and, and having them question who they are, because they also brought medicines with them, and the medicines would quickly heal the little headaches they had or or whatever illnesses came, and they heard that their healers, they started not believing in their healers or or and they started decide not identifying with their culture and thinking that there was more out there. And a little backstory is that the leader, Chief Tuikuru, at the time, he had a vision and he knew that the there would be people coming. And what the vision was for him to allow them to come. Because if they killed him off at the first time, there'd only be more to come. And they were like ants, the non-indigenous peoples. And these ants also had armor and weapons. And so that they the they could possibly potentially lose who they are, right? Lose their identity, lose themselves. But if they became friends with these people, then one day they would intermarry and, and they would form union and they would form a bond and they would grow. So with that knowledge, he allowed them to come. And through them, him allowing them to come, there came a lot of years of confusion. And the pages, the shamans went deep into the forest they couldn't handle and understand what was going on. And so they went away to continue their own studies. And after a long time, the Iwanawa came together and they realized that this was enough, that they had the right to live in their land and that these people were not welcome anymore. And so someone went to them and asked them to leave. And then they left. But due to that, they lost, there's a whole generational gap where none of the youth were learning the language, were studying the medicinal healing plants, nor their songs, their customs, and their culture. And whenever I arrived and came to the village, it was one of the first retreats they had ever had. And it was a really beautiful experience because some of the youth that were there, we changed their lives. We found out a year later with time, but they saw us asking about their language, wanting to know about their culture and how much we respected it. And for them, they thought that we were cool, our music, our clothes, and all that we did. But whenever they saw that we wanted 
to learn everything about them, they began entering into studies and to wanting to learn their language, learning their designs, their painting, this vast spirituality. And now it's a whole revolution has occurred. The younger generations are studying. We have so many projects to, and so many people all over the world who are helping support. So we have our company, New Sheen, and yet there's many, many companies that are organizations and leaders that are here to support these, this precious culture and these people so that we don't, they don't lose their culture and that this precious knowledge can then come into the modern world and help bring this exchange of energy. So as we help, they help. And we're all equals here. Mm-hmm. I want to ask another question about the sacred knowledge and about the studies. And we say sacred knowledge, and maybe that's vague to people listening. So I would, I'd like to ask you and also Shana, and maybe we could all just all have a conversation about our experience with the transformational power of this sacred spiritual knowledge and the difference between their medicines and the West and how important it is. Mm-hmm. So their sacred knowledge, it comes from the beginning of their time. And also something to recognize and mention at this time is that, that many years ago, only the the elders, if you're older in age, would you enter into a diet? And I'm, I believe you guys have heard us speak a little bit about diets and studies. And at that time, they would enter into a diet if they were at a point in their life where they had no more hope or they really, really needed help in a direction. And they would enter in to, to go inside of themselves in order to receive guidance and healing and to change and transform them their lives. And now... Many of the youths and younger people are entering into these sacred studies in order to get to know themselves. And they do this through this knowledge that comes from a purity from the ancestors. And it's a very, it's, it's simple and profound. The knowledge that we talk about has been received, received from some higher realm. And it helps us to connect with the truth of who we are beyond space and time with this ancient ancestral knowledge that brings the force of healing and this positive vibration. And I'd love to hear from Shana and I and your perspective. So it was, I guess, like a year and a half ago that I got the opportunity to get to go. And actually, Shiva invited me to come and to come for a retreat. And so I had gone down there for a week or so and Gosh, it's so crazy to think about because at that time I was really going through a spiritual challenge where I was having a hard time discerning my own voice within myself. What's my voice to hear? What's the greater voice within myself that I should be listening to? Because at that time with the crazy world and everything going on, I would hear so many voices and it was hard for me to discern. And so that was one of my intentions in going down there. And over this week-long vivencia, we call it a retreat, I was able to heal on such a deep level. And there were so many different ways I was healing. One of the major ways I was healing was through the plant bath. And the Yawanawa tradition, they practice Nipoi, the art of the Nipoi, which is the medicinal plants. And so when they go into the forest, for them, it's a pharmacy. There's thousands of medicinal plants and they can identify so many of them. And knowing that this plant is for the one that helps with childbirth to turning the baby around. And this one helps for headaches. And this one helps when you get a snake bite. And the amount of knowledge that they have here is tremendous. And when they don't have the knowledge comes to them in their dreams. And so it's almost like this magical world beyond what we can imagine in our modern culture is available to them. And so 
receiving these plant baths, I healed this health problem that I had for 10 years, 10 years. And allergies that I had to certain things disappeared. And so in the span of a week, I was a different person already. And the opportunity came to enter into a diet. And going down there, I had thought that maybe it was something I'd want to do, but I, I didn't know with certainty. And it was literally only like a few days before that I was able to get the space from Global Sisterhood, that everything kind of aligned for me to enter into this month-long study that they offer as a way of being able to connect to yourself and being able to connect to this higher force. One of the things I really appreciate in their studies is that they say us as humans, we're weak. But when we connect to this greater force, Shani, to this higher power, there's so much more that we can receive. And so the point of the diet, the dieta, diet can be a different word for us in the U.S., but for them, it's an opportunity to give up in order to receive, to stop eating foods in quantities so large, to really have just basically the bare minimum of what you need and the bare minimum of the liquids and all these kinds of things. So you can create space within yourself to learn how to hear, to learn how to study the patterns that you've developed inside of yourself because of the traumas and the things that have happened to you in the modern world. So you can let that stuff go and really open yourself to receive these greater teachings that are all around us in the simplicities of life. You know, it's only through these little things that we can only learn how to do the bigger things. And so this month-long experience was really like a deep dive into studying like who I am as an individual. And through that study, I also received that I too have a mission supporting these indigenous people and this wisdom that is so sacred and healing for us as we walk in these extremely transformative times here on the planet with so much is shaking. How can we really be grounded and aligned inside? And so much what I received is an ongoing study forever. And each day, each moment is an opportunity to really continue to learn, to firm, to grow, to trust, to come into the heart and to remember everything that I learned and to continue learning too. So I also want to bring into the conversation here another one of their sacred medicines, uni, which many people know as ayahuasca. And the sacred force of that medicine as a teacher to examine the conscience and to connect us with the spiritual force of nature and the universe and the impact of that and how that's now a topic in modern culture. A lot of people are going this place and that place and drinking ayahuasca and in some places are well held and rooted in lineage and tradition, and some places are not. And that's dangerous. And the beauty of these indigenous peoples who have been through a lot, they've been through a lot, and they're still preserving their tradition, and they're still adapting and opening their hearts to share with people of the West. And the amount of respect that is needed for the people of the West to really, truly not extract from them, but to learn from them humbly and then transform, I think, is the ultimate way of of respecting to, Mm -hmm. is to transform ourselves such that the mental illness of the West does not continue to rape and pillage and extract from 
our indigenous peoples and from the earth and this sacred medicine that we've all experienced here in this circle of women speaking is a huge part of their culture, along with Ruma, Hape, Kambo. And those are medicines that are really important to do in cultural context of the ritual and of the sacred container. And that's not something that everyone can do on any given weekend or take a month and go do that. And that's not necessarily the right choice for everybody. But what I love about what you both have created with Niushin in partnership with Kanuma, who I'd love you to talk a little bit about, is that the sacred prayers and that have the potency of that medicine that call the spiritual force, the sacred sieties, the songs that, that are sung within the tradition is teaching to people online and initiating into that force so that people in their own day-to-day life can start to tap in without the use of that medicine, though it comes from the tradition of that medicine. And one can learn to navigate the spiritual dimensions through the opening of the songs and the opening of the prayers. And I'd love you both to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And so Kunama, I met her on the second journey I took to the village. She is now married to one of my really dear friends, Jordao, and I was able to see their union, their blessed union, and she's become one of my best friends. And I lived with her those past three years when I was in Brazil. Kanu, as, as, as I call her, Kanu, she entered into a year-long diet at a very young age. She was in her 20s. She had reached a point where her life was really strong and falling apart for her. And she entered it, spoke to her family and entered into this year-long diet. That's one of the strong, one of the strongest diets within their culture. And it's the path of the healer. She was able to receive a lot of knowledge from there. She also grew up with her mother and her mother is the first female chief in the history of the Yawanawa people. And she, her grandfather, her mother's father was like a father to her growing up. And she heard his wisdom, his wisdom stories, and really was able to soak in a lot of that knowledge. And what I really, really love about her, about Kuna, is that she's very humble and also very real. And and she's here with a strong mission to fulfill. And she also does a lot of love. She takes care of, of a lot of people in the village. Whenever we do our online studies that I'll talk about in a minute, she supports many, many people from the village to, to ensure the continuation and the health and the legacy of everyone. And Kuna and I, we we were in the, it was during, right before the pandemic started, we were planning this retreat in the village. And then everything in the entire world shut down. And we decided to try a study online. And in that, we chose to to dive into some of the same things we would talk about within a retreat, an in-person retreat. And we broke it down into different weeks where we would study their music. We would study some of their prayers and share with the participants the prayers, which are the affirmative prayer, where you prophesize into existence. Rather, asking for something you you think for, for this healing, for this opening in your life. And we also would have videos where wisdom videos about that week's theme so people the participants can watch it and soak in this knowledge and then practice this throughout their week and we were so humbly surprised and amazed at how much the divine force came in and we felt the presence that we would as if we were together in the village we felt it with us 
And those who participated with us would have very strong healing experiences. We would need to have one-on-one conversations to help guide and navigate. And profound healing happened within the homes. And then it would touch them within, within their families and within their work and within their life. And we were really, really touched by that. And Shana was able to come in and start journeying with us in this. And I'd like to hear and anything you'd like to say about that. Yeah, I want to share too about the uni. And I was re-listening to something Jordao shared this morning. And what I think is really important to remember about ayahuasca or uni is that what the medicine is able to do is almost like an eagle. It gives you this vision of where you are in your life and it can kind of give you this higher level perspective of everything that's going on. And often you can receive deep healings. You can go and see something that you haven't seen before. You can illuminate things in your life, but it doesn't heal everything. And so what happens is that when you come back, you realize that the study is just beginning. You are shown something. You are are, illuminated. We are laughing. Angelique and I are laughing here because it's so true what she's saying. When you come back from ceremony, that's when the work begins. The work begins. And I think this is something actually like in the Western world and in the dialogue that's going on right now, like it it seems like it's almost just like this thing that you can do and then all of a sudden you're good. Yeah, like a magic pill. No, and that's not how Mm. it is. It's like the things, then the tests come, right? Did you actually learn the thing that you saw in ceremony? Did you actually perceive that thing? And are you actually able to take the steps that you need to take? Because life is a study. And so this is what the uni teaches. This is what the studies teach is that every day we are studying ourselves. We are learning how to walk in alignment with creation. We are learning how to trust in that cosmic force that is all around us. And the uni is a tool. It is something that we're able to use and that we're able to go into the force of to be able to understand things at a higher level perspective so that we can see where we are and how to move and take the next steps for ourselves. And so I wanted to preface that because the importance of the studies, the importance of the online studies that we're doing is a continuation of that. And so you don't have to drink medicine in order to do these online studies. But if you are drinking medicine, I think these studies are extremely important because it's a way to really begin to perceive through this indigenous ancestral lens of how to be in right relationship with everything how to really align yourself, how to firm yourself, how to strengthen yourself so that you can really step into these dreams that you have for yourself. And for all of us, all this healing that wants to take place on the planet, all of the the trust we need to have in ourselves in order for that to be possible comes through really learning ourselves. And so these studies prepare you for that. It's a way to strip away some things in your life. These online studies are perfect because you're actually at home. So the integration is happening while the study is going on, but you get to let some things go in order to truly receive in your day-to-day life some more awareness, some more awareness, and perhaps even some strong moments to really see more clearly what it is you're working with. And uh, something I'd like to add to that, Nai, is that we also, we always choose an intention for our study. What are you looking in your life to, to transform, to open, whatever that is that comes And so that'll be your focus point within the study itself. And through that, many tests arrive. For example, Kunama always speaks about this. If you ask for wisdom or to open your voice or for your dream job to come, it's not going to arrive with angels singing down from heaven. This is the step. 
this is how you do it. How does it come? It comes from a challenge. It comes from the most difficult moment where you have to find your voice to speak the truth. It comes where you have to connect with something higher than you to receive wisdom in order to gain wisdom. And so we work really hard for our growth in order to receive it at a root level, at a deep level, and really understand. And then from there, we have roots. And no matter what wind blows that comes, no matter what lightning strikes, we have our roots with us and we're able to overcome. And we learn that a lot together with the resiliency, uh, the indigenous wisdom, and then we learn that within ourselves. And then we're able to share this with others and really fortify within this force. Spoken, both of you. So I have some more questions for those listening who might want to join. What will they expect? Like, What's the format of learning from Kanuma online? And how do they do that? And what? how do they prepare for that? And how long is it? Mm-hmm. So we begin on Monday. We begin on Monday, June 12th. It'll be four weeks. We're entering into what we're calling a dieta. It's more of a preparation. You cannot compare it to an actual experience in the village. Yet it is something where we are going to calm our minds and really learn how to receive the wisdom that's being given. Another thing that Kunama speaks a lot about is having knowledge without wisdom is like having a gun without ammunition. So there are many things that we can know in life. You can know things at an intellectual level. And that's what we see in our world that we're living anywhere you go. Everywhere. everywhere, Right. Even especially in spirituality. Mm -hmm. I mean, i I've spouted knowledge and not wisdom multiple times. Same here. And, and it's, you can read spiritual text and, and information in, all over the internet for anyone that you speak to. And yet, if you don't have the, that knowledge inside or the wisdom inside to really understand how to speak it and how to live it, then it doesn't really go very far. And it's not rooted in something real. And so that this is why we're doing this study at this time. We felt a very strong calling from spirit, both Kunama, myself, and Shana. And within this time, it'll be four weeks. Each week will have a theme. The basis of it all is a small diet where we will refrain from sweets of any kind, including fruits, no intimate relationships, and also no red meat. You can also refrain from anything that you feel is not healthy within your life. For example, I'm going to refrain from playing video games on my phone because that's how I distract myself. You play video games? I do. I had no idea. She plays like this bubble game where she like pops bubbles. (laughs) And I gamble a little bit. (laughs) I stayed up till midnight doing that last night. (laughs) You're like, I got to get it in before the diet starts. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I ate a cookie today basically for breakfast because I was like, (laughs) Anjali can have a glass of wine tonight with me for the same reason. I might do the dieta. Okay, keep going. And so that's the basis. Anything that you you feel that it, it's maybe it's not detrimental, but it's helpful to refrain from a bit. We'll, we will do that so that you can really focus on the materials that are being given, right? And each week you're gonna, you will receive a, a recorded video from Kunama with her beautiful wisdom. I often, typically, I watch the videos multiple times because each time I listen again, I receive another lesson, another understanding. You will also receive an in-depth through Rawakin which is a Yuanawa prayer. It's a, 
an affirmative prayer prophesizing. The one that we're giving is one that you would receive on a diet in the village. Her mother, Maria Zina, Chief Naiwani, made it for us, and it's really special. You will also learn Saiyatis. Saiyatis are the Iwanawa songs that come from the ancestry. Most of them do not have translations. It's more about singing them and receiving each time you sing exactly what you're needing at that moment. We will also learn a Saiti Vinaya. A Saiti Vinaya is a deeper form of the Saiti where it will likely have a translation and it goes deeper into the spiritual force where you will learn a lot about yourself in relation to this vibrating healing force of the forest. We will also teach a Shunipahu. These are some of my favorites. They're from the ancient times. Some of them are real, happen in real life, and some of them come from the spiritual world. And those are some of my favorites because you get transported into another world, another time, another space. And in these stories is where the Pajes go and pull out the forces of healing when they're actually doing healing on someone. And Kunama has chosen a really beautiful one for us that applies to the times that we're living. And these Shanipahus, they have them for any age, for whether you're male, female, married, unmarried, and they give you life lessons so that you don't make the same mistakes as the person within the story, or that you will choose to make that decision in your life when something happens. So though they were created many years ago, they're still very relevant to where we are now. We will also have a live call every Thursday. It will be recorded if you can't make it. And so that you can do this in the comfort of your own home at your own time. And we will also have a WhatsApp group where we stay connected with one another. And I just have to share that I love these studies. I come into contact with the aspect of myself that that I know exists and it comes alive in these times. And from here, I tangibly heal. I tangibly grow. And my understanding of the Iwanawa spirituality and my understanding of myself deepens through my connection with the container that's there and hearing the stories and hearing from other women. I'd really love to hear from Shana too, anything you'd like to share about our online studies. I just want to say that they're really strong. I did a <laughs> diet in person and that was really strong and really profound. And these online studies are, it's not the same, of course, but it's they're strong. And I am just blown away every single time of how the spiritual force moves. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter like what's going on in your life. The spiritual force is present. And so you're connected into the container and yeah, things happen and change in the same way they would a diet and the magic is present. And so, yeah, if you feel a calling in your heart to come, it's a really beautiful way to, to either continue your studies or also to open a new path to really firm yourself in your daily life and to learn something new about yourself as you unravel these ancient traditions. Yeah. There's a sacred song and a, a sister tradition to the Iwanawa that we both know, we all know and love. And there's a phrase that says, even if you don't learn much, you always learn a little bit. And I feel like in our day-to-day, we might be like, I'm feeling good right now, but there's always more to learn. And this is such an opportunity for those of us who are super committed to walking a spiritual path, also for mostly for ourselves, but also so that we can be stewards 
of a new world, birth new businesses, birth new missions, really spread love, spread teachings to really humble ourselves before an ancient power and an ancient people and learn together in community. So I want to congratulate my two dear sisters for this incredible work that you're doing. I feel so happy that this little triad of like family is around. I've known you forever. I know you. Now you're working together and we're just this like happy little family. I'm so grateful I get to learn from you and be connected to it. And I'm so excited to deepen my studies as well. And I want to invite everybody listening to check out the website. Shana, will you share what that is? Yeah. So it's spiritoftheforest.co. The link for this will be in the show notes as well. So you can go ahead and find the link for the spiritual study that we'll be doing. And yeah, anything else, Shiva? I'd like to add one little tidbit that I was reminded with you, Lauren, you were just speaking about, we can always learn a little bit. And as I was filling into the study just a few days ago, I had this realization, this understanding that we live in love. And we, it's really good to live with an open heart, right? And also these studies are really fun and the spiritual force is epic and it's amazing. And so for this study too, yes, there's a lot to learn, right? And if you want to open your voice, there might be some challenges, but also not necessarily. It's all about how the perspective and to remember gratitude. And I, what I feel the essence of this study is us stepping up into a new level as the world becomes more crazy on the outside. At, on the inside, as we connect to this divine spiritual force, we realize and re- we remember that there's nothing to fear. And we can, as we relax into that, then it's all going to be okay. And I just feel this loving presence here within this study. And I just have a feeling that it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Yoo-hoo. Well, everybody, thank you so much for another epic journey of this episode. It's really fun to talk to you and share all the things we're really into and all the people we really adore. We adore you too. And I hope to see you in the study. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Time of the Feminine podcast. It is such an honor every time to be able to host these conversations and to share the stories of the beautiful people we get the opportunity to interview. And so if you enjoyed this podcast, please go ahead and leave us a review. You can do so on Apple Podcasts and write a nice note, or you can do so on Spotify by leaving stars. We so appreciate every single one of you that's taken the effort to go out and to share with others and with our community about how this podcast has touched you. It really means so much to us since for us, this is a labor of love. And so thank you for giving back in that way. Thank you.